Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by Culture at NL Libraries. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Culture at NL Libraries podcast, For the Love of Books. My name is Chris Wilson, the e-services librarian for Culture NL, and I am welcoming you to a new episode which we are calling Stories in Pictures, which is because we have got a fantastic interview with the brilliant picture book author Rachel Bright coming up for you guys to listen to. Um, I had a great privilege of chatting with her earlier to record this episode and it is a brilliant, brilliant chat and it gives a great insight into the workings of a picture book author, how she comes about with her ideas, the processes involved and things like that. It's a really great insight into how the whole kind of process works and it's just quite an inspiring chat about various things as well so we really really do hope you enjoy it and without further ado we'll get straight to the interview so I hope you enjoy it. Welcome Rachel to our For the Love of Books podcast it's very exciting to have you here today and I am a huge fan of your books Um, I have bought plenty of them for my son Harris and we love reading them um, every pretty much every night, uh, there's a different one in our kind of wee selection of books that we read, um, and so I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today. So thank you for joining us. It's, um, it's a much, huge pleasure of mine to have you on the podcast. So thank you for being here. Wow, what an amazing introduction! Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here, and it probably means the most to me to hear about that personal experience of you sharing your books um, with your kids, you know, because I, uh, that's really what lights me up as an author and hearing that is the biggest compliment I could possibly um, hope to hear. So it's really nice to be here talking with you, both in your professional capacity as a, as a book lover and dedicated librarian, but also as a parent, um, because, um, you know, that's that's what I'm here. That's my purpose on this planet. I feel yeah. like it's just writing for a story is nothing without a reader. And um, you know, for me, it's kind of that relationship that means that means so much. So yeah, I'm really excited about talking about um, all things books. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's a, a great pleasure for, for me to have you here. And and like I say, there uh, you've got various different kind of series of books and kind of one-offs and things like that and, and everyone that I've seen so far has been fantastic and I thought we'd kind of start off by mentioning probably, probably what I think has been your most successful one to date um, just because yeah. of, of kind of recent developments with it, um, Love Monster. Um, yeah. and such a massive success um, now it's, he's even starring in his own TV show. Um, did you ever imagine that it would become such a big huge hit and, and, and what's it like seeing your book on TV? Well, you know, this is a really good question because I kind of, I've got a yes answer and a no answer to this question in the sense that, um, no, I didn't imagine in some ways that he would go on to the amazing adventures he's having now. Uh, Certainly if I tell you the story of how the first book kind of arrived in my head unannounced and rather inconveniently at five o'clock in the morning, actually. (laughs) Um, I had recently moved house and uh, where where I live now and I uh, woke up with this idea for Love Monster in my head at five o'clock and I literally kind of, this has never happened to me before, it's never happened to me since um, in, in that exact way. But I ran downstairs and I grabbed the first piece of paper I could find and I sketched out in kind of little tiny um, sketches the the, uh, the whole idea for the whole book from start to finish. And by the time the sun came up, it, he was there, you know, on the table 
And I thought, oh, you know, that was fun. Like I kind of, as any creative, I'm sure um, will join me in saying like, there's so much joy in that process where it's kind of flowing almost through you, you know, that idea, he was knocking on my brain wanting to be written. And um, I, there's a real sort of buzz in that happening. And I, I didn't really give it a lot more thought that day. I just kind of, that was a good day that starts off that way. And then maybe a few weeks later, um, I thought, oh, maybe I'll show this to my agent, who's also an incredible friend of mine. We, we've been, um, I've been working with her for over a decade now. I'm, I met her in quite remarkable circumstances, which I'll also tell you the story of, but uh, to stay on your question, um, I thought I'm going to show Mandy who, you know, just see what she thinks. And Mandy's very forthright and honest with me and very creative in her own right. And so I know straight away when she likes an idea or she thinks it's got, you know, potential. And when she doesn't, you know, I've had a few ideas come flying back at me over the table and that's fine because that's just part of it but when I showed her Love Monster you know she she just lit up and was like oh I'm so excited about this I can't wait to show some people um I think it's really beautiful and um yeah within probably only a month or so she had um spoken to Harper Collins about it who are the wonderful publishers who published Love Monster in the UK and they had found a slot and they said can you can you get this book finished in four months and I was like wow because uh, normally a picture book takes about a year and a half uh, so I was like but I'm an anything's possible kind of person I'm very lucky I've kind of wired up that way and I just thought this is a really big opportunity it was actually my fourth book ever that, that I'd had the opportunity to publish so I was still very new and very kind of you know um I, I just every opportunity and I still feel that way you know every opportunity is is really a blessing you know it's not easy to find these connections um well I'll, I'll elaborate on that but it, yeah basically I thought I have to take this opportunity and I kind of said yes I'll do it I'll find a way and so I found that I'd also because I'd moved I'd moved away from my print studio so I didn't have all the usual um, things that I created my first three books with which is copper plate etching which requires quite a specialist kind of printmaking environment with acids and all kind of stuff and I, I just didn't have that anymore because I'd moved from Bristol down to Dorset and so I thought, right, I've got to find a printmaking studio. I, I managed to find an amazing community in the centre of Paul, um, but they didn't have copper plate etching. So I said, what kind of etching can I do here? And they had this amazing new process I'd never heard of called um, solar etching. And I, I, uh, and I thought, I'm, I'm going to do this book in, in solar etching because it's, this is the only way I can kind of create this book like in the time span but you know what it opened up a whole new um paradigm of like how I do my books now and mm. um and so to cut a long story short I finished that book in four months and in that printmaking studio and it it stayed almost exactly the same in terms of words pacing kind of those thumbnail sketches translated into finished kind of um you know pictures but in terms of like the layout and everything that I've done it was almost the same you know there's a couple of things that change through the editorial process again that is incredibly rare normally things morph and evolve and you know and so yeah when I had the finished book in my hands I was like wow this is the idea that came to me at 5am in the morning and I knew that there was just a little bit of magic about it and and you can fit you know it's something you feel but you can't necessarily verbalize and so I had hopes for him, you know, I, I hoped Love Monster would kind of, you know, race out into the world and big things would happen. And that's where the kind of, um, the, the sort of yes part of my answer in the terms of did I ever imagine it? Well, I, I'm, I, I'm a big believer in imagining 
yeah. you know, imagination full stop. And I allow myself the kind of joy and privilege of imagining the big things, you know, and I think, you know, the thoughts came through my head. Oh, imagine if he could be more than one book, you know, and, but, you know, that's probably where it went at that stage. And then when he was published and he was so well received, um, in, initially in the UK, only it was published just here. And um, they said to me, oh, I think we should do another, another two or three books, you know, so they signed me up, you know, I was like, wow, that kind of big imagination that I had for him being more than one thing has come true, you know, and then my brain naturally went to the, imagine if he would like one day leap off the page to the screen. So these ideas were in my mind, but I had no clue how that, how that would manifest, you know, it was, it was a kind of, it was a kind of what, not a how. And um, I, I, I sort of let it go at that point. It was an idea in my head, but then I just enjoyed the process of creating more stories for him. And then it was actually a couple or maybe three years later when Love Months was picked up in the States and a publisher, an amazing publisher out there at Macmillan um, or a smaller imprint of Macmillan called Farah strauss published him in the States and it just went kind of bonkers out there and that was like a really amazing response to him I got some there's been some amazing stories around him I've made wedding shoes with Love Monster on you know made wedding (laughs) shoes people have gotten married with him at their weddings you know I've had so it kind of had this like it wasn't just little people enjoying it It as parents with their children it was adults who love picture books it was you know it was the whole spectrum he seemed to kind of strike a accord and I think it's because ultimately it's a book about love and that's one thing that connects all of us you know no matter two or 102 and um and yeah so from there like really I I, you know nothing had happened on the tv front at that stage but because I was touring it allowed me to go kind of on tour with Love Monster or Love Monster took me on tour basically (laughs) and uh (laughs) I did all kinds of festivals and I got to meet amazing um you know families and teachers and librarians and and um people who organize these festivals who are really passionate about books and I just met a lot of people with Love Monster and one of those people was John McClay, um, John and Jill McClay who ran the Bath Literary Festival who are incredibly um, dynamic duo and really just you know put the P in passion when it comes to uh, books in general especially for kids Mm. and yeah they invited me to be part of that festival and so I met them they got to know Love Monster and latterly he was um, tasked with the idea of looking for a book that or some books that may translate to screen, you know, yeah. one of his other hats. And so that's how it became, Love Monster came to be shown to people in the, in the quite separate world of, you know, TV and media. And uh, he, he worked his own magic. You know, I think, I, like I say, I've been kind of a vehicle for his own messages of love and, uh, you know, joy. And um, someone picked him up and then, you know, as with all these things, there's a lot of journey before the event. And this has been kind of in progress for several, several years. And everyone who's been involved has just put their heart and soul into it. And I think that's kind of why it's all happened. Cause it, you know, all the best things are a symphony, not a solo. So I could never begin to take credit for like what he's become. This is like hundreds of people involved in it, you know, and I cannot tell you what a dream come true it is for me, you know. Um, someone said to me once, you know, uh, getting a writing, write, managing to write a book is, is like winning the lottery, you know, getting it published is like winning the lottery twice, you know, having it be successful is like winning the lottery three times <laughs> and having it, you know, you know, go on TV. I mean, that's just a whole nother, you know, it's like, wow, we're in a whole nother realm now. And that's why, 
you know, I, again, I do champion the power of imagination. Like I always say to my little ones and any little ones that I meet, you know, you, you can create with your mind, you know, you can, and, and don't hold back in your imagination. If there's one place you never have to hold back, it's in your imagination, you know, because truly amazing things can happen. And, you know, Love Monster, I hope has been a great service to lots of people and I do get some wonderful letters and emails and that's just kind of magnifying now because it's reach he's reaching more people and yeah. you know each episode we were very careful I was very lucky to be kind of involved very closely involved with the whole process of um the creation of the ser series mm -hmm. and um the whole of season one which has 54 episodes and you know there are lots of writers involved but we all kind of collaborated on it and each and every episode is almost kind of we wanted to one of the themes of my work is to tell big, say big things in small formats, you know, and I would say, I think Love Monster has stayed really true to that vision. Thanks to everyone that's involved. So, uh, so yeah, yes and no. That's a very long yes and no answer to your <laughs> wonderful question, okay. but I hope it kind of gives some background. It's really interesting to, to kind of hear kind of the process of, of how it's kind of evolved over time and how you like yeah. kind of maybe even like chance meetings with certain people and things like that has kind of led to that kind of next step in the in the journey for it and things like that. For sure. Ch chance or synchronicity or, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a great symphony of, of uh, manifestation through lots of people, you know, however you want to call it. I, you know, I always say that there definitely is a kind of, you know, we give these w words carry a lot of meaning and, and chance and luck makes it feel like, wow, I just have to, maybe it will happen to me, maybe it won't. And that, that's kind of true to a point. But, you know, the first Love Monster book was published in 2012, if I'm correct. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's eight years ago. And so this has been a journey. And again, this is another thing that I often talk about with aspiring writers and authors and illustrators and like things that I felt is, you, you know, as Jacqueline Wilson said, you know, it took me 25 years to become an overnight sensation. You know, you have to enjoy what you're doing. You know, you have to love, get up every day and love what you're doing, even when you're doing it at five o'clock in the morning in the dark and nobody knows you're doing it. And maybe nobody will ever know you're doing it. But as long as you're enjoying it, then magic can happen, you know, and, yeah. and um, it's it's not necessarily going to come like boom, you know, because that boom often happens because you've been laying the laying the kind of foundations and just basically following those small voices inside that say, you know, do this thing because feels feels good, and you know you can maybe help some other people, and you know. So, yeah, there's been some real amazing serendipity, but in hindsight, I can see the breadcrumbs of the trail. You know, it's like, and it's when, and and also realizing that, you know, nothing is kind of achieved on your own. You know, we're all in this together, and when yeah. when great minds and dreams come together, then yeah, some some crazy stuff can happen. <laughs> Talking about great minds coming together, uh, the next thing I wanted to mention with, um, with it is the, your, some of your collaborations. You've done some fantastic collaborations um, with, with uh, illustrators such as Jim Field. Um, some of his has, and your books together are some of my favourite picture books. Um, they've always got some lovely messages in, in amongst the pages in there. And I just wonder where you get your inspiration for you, from some of the stories and um, and is there plans for that collaboration to continue on past the, the set that's already been released? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. Um, my collaboration with Jim was a really 
exciting thing for me too because that was the first time having written and illustrated 14 of my own books and never you know always done the two things together myself working with Jim was my the first time I had kind of written a story and worked with another illustrator to visualize it and so it's kind of like nerve-wracking and exciting all at the same time because I thought you know I'm not going to lie there's a control freak inside me I'm like I want it to be like this and I want it to be like that you know the slight perfectionism whatever and I thought oh what's it going to be like you know because I'm a visual person and as I write stories I often imagine you know what they might look like and everything um so yeah it was kind of but but you know it was really interesting because when his first set of roughs arrived on my I mean Mandy again a bit of magic suggested by Mandy was the one who said you've got more stories than you'll ever have time to illustrate some of them really suit themselves to other styles and all the rest so why do you know would you consider and why don't you try considering another kind of hat um where you where you just see what happens when you collaborate and I was like 100% I was really excited about that idea so when um the first roughs arrived from Jim I was just like I literally had my red pen out ready, you know, <laughs> for all my comments that I was going to say. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to put that down because my main comment is, wow, wow, you know. And <laughs> yeah, so I knew that again, it really felt like there was something quite um, magical happening. So, and Jim, um, what happened was we were actually paired by the publisher. So I hadn't met Jim at that stage. I'd already written the line inside and they had um, kind of taken that text and were looking for the right person to. Um, to come together and, and you know create what has been created and Jim was their suggestion and what's really interesting and again talking about the breadcrumbs of magic along the way I was already aware of Jim's work um, and it was because I had gone to do a love monster event at this amazing place called I, I think it's called and I hope I'm getting this right the discovery center or uh it's it's in uh, Stratford and there's it's just this amazing center that, that promotes reading and um, imagination and creativity for kids and and I went to do a love monster event there and Jim had created this incredible underground um world uh of kind of space themed world that they commissioned him to do there and after my event I had like 20 minutes to spare and I went kind of exploring around and this is you know years before we got paired together but um, I, I went looking around it and I was like, wow, this guy, you know, he's really like, he's creating from the, the, the soul, you know, it's like, you can just tell that like, he's just so talented, you know, so I really enjoyed that. But I had, again, I had no, you know, inkling then that we would be working together like many years later. So I feel like looking back, there was this little bit of synchronicity there again, you know, and then when they suggested him to me, I was like, definitely, let's go for it. And so the line inside was our first collaboration. And I, I mean, I, like I say, I do love to write about, to, to answer your point in the question about the messages inside the books. Um, I love to think of kind of big, uh, the things that connect us as kind of human beings, you know, and our sense of, you know, the thing, uh, the universality, the things that we share in common, you know, the emotions we have, the kind of, uh, the, the way life unfolds, you know, and it's kind of ups and downs and all the rest of it and how to navigate that, you know, and as, as a kind of professional optimist that I always joke, you know, that's my job title. I kind of, you know, I think a useful way of looking at the world through that lens and how I might tell that story, you know, and from personal experience as well. And so what I love about the picture book space is wrapping that up into a kind of a message that speaks to you, whether you're two or 102, as I say, you know, and kind of, um, I don't know, kind of gets to the heart of it, you know, in, in a kind of brief and um, yet um, kind of um, 
that you can touch your soul you know that's that I mean it sounds very grandiose but that's kind of my goal you know like when I set out to write a book that's what I'm trying to do and but with picture books there's this very magical space between where the words end and the pictures start or vice versa and if you get it right that tension is really to me what makes a picture book you know really successful or, or not as the case may be and um and I think what Jim achieved we just he just got what I was trying to say like in a really and then he added his layers of story within that which is what he's such a master at and you know we we wanted them to be funny and profound at the same time and that's quite a difficult kind of tension um but I think it, it, it you know thanks to his his kind of you know genius it it has unfolded that way and so you know we someone said to us when we first did the line inside and we didn't know at that stage whether we'd be doing more or not. I think there was one more in escrow, but we hadn't like, it wasn't confirmed. And someone said, oh, this really feels like almost like a modern Aesop's fable, you know? And I, I took that as a massive compliment, you know, because that's kind of, it was a lovely brief to then have to be like, if you're going to do more stories together, let's do more of this sort of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, each story has been, uh, it, you know, I don't necessarily, sometimes the inspiration comes in answer to that part of your question from absolutely everywhere. And I never close my mind off to where that inspiration may come from. You know, sometimes it's because I'm looking, so with the squirrels who squabbled, for instance, I was kind of looking at some of Jim's character sketches, you know, and thinking, you know, what, what, you know, which one spoke to me. And he had this funny little squirrel with glasses on swinging on a swing that he hadn't used for anything else. And I said, can I, I really want to write about that guy, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so he, he became Cyril in the squirrels who squabbled. And I kind of, that kind of, um, kind of melded with an idea in my mind of, of the message that I wanted to put through to it. So the kind of, the, the kind of big idea for the story, and the images kind of came together for that one. With the line inside, I, I had already written that, so I knew that what I wanted to write about, um, which was, you know, courage and bravery and how to find, um, how, how your external reality can change when your internal reality does, which is a big idea for um, a small child, although I think sometimes they get it better than we do. Um, and, but sort of putting that in a nutshell was really, probably from my own life experience, you know, I do, I look back in hindsight and I think, wow, I think I was writing about something I was learning myself, you know, and that's happened several times. The Way Home for Wolf, that was written after a, a massive um, sort of trip around the world with my very young family as I had my first daughter who was two and um, she actually got very poorly on the journey. And so we had a very kind of dark and light trip and it was all quite stressful, but through the connection of kindness, we made our way home safely and happily. And I was so affected by that life experience yeah. that I then went on to write The Way Home for Wolf because I was like, I knew that we are six degrees of separation. We're all connected with, but, but kind of, I couldn't distill that into a story until I'd kind of lived it. And then The Way Home for Wolf came. So yeah, it comes from all different angles. I, I couldn't say one or the other is better. I just kind of listen to my intuition as much as possible and it served me quite well and, and I hope it sort of translates through the story. Certainly I, I, I really appreciate your uh, review on that because it means a yeah. lot. <laughs> you know, you know, you will have read a lot of picture books. Uh, and uh, so to have a compliment like that from you is, is a really it, high one. And um, they, they really are fantastic stories. And, and, they, and, they, and they do kind of trans, transmit that, those kind of really nice messages across really well. Um, 
Well, like yeah. I, we, we read them with, with my son uh, and my, my wife loves them as well and it's one of the things that she picked oh. up on them as well. Because, I mean, you, you do, we obviously we do read a lot of picture books with them and, and some, some and, uh, as much as they are great for other reasons, but some are just kind of silly so, stories and things yeah. like that. Not too much. Sure, and there's a place, there's, oh my God, yeah. there's a place for every type of story. That That's yeah. what I'm a big believer in. And, um, you know, I, I think they can do different jobs you know it's not like you always want this big kind of you know hit you behind the in between the eyes message you know whatever or make the hairs on the back of your neck stand and then there's a place for that but there's also a place for silly and fun and you know it, I've got two daughters a five-year-old and a two-year-old so I I know that I reach for different books at different moments and that is the joy of the abundance of what's out there for it, you know and I, I like to write it silly as well you know I've, I've actually got a new book coming out next year which is ridiculously silly so I'm hoping that that I mean it still has it still has a big heart but um but yeah it's it's called Slug and Love and um uh it's publishing with Nad, um, Nadia Shireen it's my first collaboration with her so that's quite exciting and yeah on the note that you were saying about Jim I, I've got a new one you might if anyone follows us on Instagram they will have probably seen a few sneak previews but it's quite, this one's quite an epic. It's an underwater adventure. And um, it's kind of nice to give, like, we do talk about between me and Jim, I like to say to him, you know, where would you like to travel in the world next? You know, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I after you've done a forest and you know his illustrations are really epic and you've spent like, you know, months in the Canadian forest drawing many, many trees. I think so, I, I won't, I won't do another forest story for a few stories. Let, let's go under, let's go under the ocean instead or whatever. And um, so yeah, there's a little bit of that coming in too, but yeah, um, that next one is coming out. Uh, Jim's just finished it. So it'll be coming out um, early next year, I think spring next year. Um, and it's called The Well Who Wanted More. And yeah, I'm very excited about it. Me and Jim always say to each other, let's make this the best one yet, you know? So that's, a, again, that's our kind of, you know, um, ambition. <laughs> so yeah, T time will tell. You can tell me what you think of it when, well, when it comes to it. It's already looking fantastic. I have, to admit, I have seen some of the, the, uh, the stills that, that Jim has posted on Instagram and they are looking fantastic already. So I'm already very much looking forward to that one coming <laughs> next year. Yeah, he's created some great characters as as ever. And there's a great, I've been asked a few times, you know, um, about female leads. And it's really interesting because I don't, I don't, I don't uh, consciously write, I, I, you know, the ideas, as I say, almost come through me and I let the story dictate how, who feels right in that. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that those four books have had male leads. And interestingly, in this new book, there there is a male lead, but there's also a very, feisty female lead so for all those people out there who are asking me you know is there going to be a female lead yes the next book has a female lead as well as a male lead so they're kind of in 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 harmony to create the story so uh, so yeah that's quite exciting too it's all about exploring new new territory you know? <laughs> yeah, sounds fantastic. Um, i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit do you have a favorite character from from all sets of books oh <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question um do you know what I have to say, and this this feels like I'm swerving the question, but I'm really not. Um, I would say that my favourite character is always the one that I'm writing, um, and so my favourite character at the moment is actually the one that I'm 
writing for the next book with Jim because I'm currently working on book six and I'm kind of um, grappling, I'm herding the words, uh, ready for Jim to start um, later this year. And so, yeah, I'm kind of, I won't let the cat out of the bag. It's not a cat, by the way. But yeah, it's always my current character because I have to like, I have to be, I have to sort of almost become that character and like yeah. get into that character's head and understand the motivations and, um it really is like that even for a picture book and i know that it's not the same as writing a novel where you perhaps kind of you know almost live in that world in your head for like a really long time but we we do try and do that you know there's a lot of i research the place that they live in i research the type of creature and the kind of you know it's like almost like I, i'm like watching my david attenborough back to back you know it's like <laughs> there's a lot of kind of just immersion that goes into even writing a, a text that is short because ultimately what I pro usually end up with is a really long text that I then kind of with lots of notes in lots of different places that then gradually gets trimmed and polished down to this, you know, finely honed um, thing. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, I'd say my current character. I mean, I love all of the characters that we've created so far and I've definitely got a soft spot for the two in the new story, um, but I've kind of, I've already dived into this new one. So I'm like, yeah, he, he's everywhere in my mind. He's a he. He's a he at the moment. But uh, yeah, he's everywhere in my mind at the moment. So yeah, always the one, the new, the, the next one. <laughs> I, I think that's a fair enough answer because because I, I can understand how you can kind of fall in love with your your current person. And yeah. Kind of want to kind of love. You have to commit. You know, have to be committed in the moment. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned it a little bit. And the answer to, to that question there, but I, I was also kind of wondering a little bit, uh, something I've always thought about actually is like, is how uh, kind of collaborations work a little bit with, between an author and an illustrator. But do, do you have like the story kind of written and then go to the illustrator to then create the kind of pictures or, yeah. or is that a kind of combined process where you're kind of working together all the way through or sometimes i mean again it's like it happens in lots of different ways but there is a kind of there is a kind of standard way that mo it mostly works um but it, but that kind of morphs over time so before i came became into the world of picture books because i had the you know what i now see as a kind of privilege of being able to do the words and the pictures i never sort of had that question in my mind of how like if perhaps if i'd written a story how would that work if I wasn't going to illustrate it myself or if I was an illustrator who didn't want to write or whatever you know my perception of it was that Julia Donaldson and Axel Scheffler were sitting around a table kind of brainstorming ideas and that's how the ideas came and but then I realized when I sort of got into the world of it that that's not necessarily the case you know sometimes I mean certainly with the lion inside and um, Jim and myself um you know we didn't really speak a lot directly during that entire process you know so I had already that was because the text was already in existence so the text well the first the first iteration well it wasn't the first one it's probably like the 12th iteration or whatever the one that we were happy with that the publisher had accepted was already in existence so then what usually happens is then you get pet the publisher is is um or your editorial team more more person put a more personal spin on it because it's not the publisher it's your kind of you know your editor your designer um you know that your uh you know, head editor, whoever it is that's working on it, because there is a team that makes this thing a reality. They will have a vision for how this might look. And they've, you know, they do, that is what they are masters at, you know, seeing how two things can come together. And they basically kind of, um, you know, work with the whole process. So they will 
Jim would go away and work on it. Then they'd send it to me. I would send my comments to them, you know, and then they would send them back to Jim. And that, so there's, they're kind of the middle point, I suppose, between often between the illustrator and the author, if you're working in collaboration. But then of course, as time goes on, you know, especially in this day and age where we all have the joy of being more directly connected, you know, me and Jim did some events together. We get to know each other. You know, we like to Skype and talk about ideas before a book comes about so that you're not kind of, you know, I'm not running off to the, um, to the Amazon or something. And he's like, no way, I don't want to go to the Amazon. You know, I don't want to, I want, I want him to get a story and feel really excited about working on it, you know? So it's really important in those early stages that I'm, you know, working on ideas that resonate with him. So being able to kind of have those conversations early on in the process now, I think has really improved our kind of, you know, just our, our, our creative chemistry where we can, and because we know each other now, we, he knows how I write and I know how he illustrates. I can imagine how he's going to visualize something. He can imagine how I'm going to verbalize something. And so a lot of that kind of groundwork is laid um, in the early stages and then it evolves so you know we have a very close working relationship now whereas in the early days it was you know and it's a bit like my new book with Nadia you know we haven't met yet you know but I'm very familiar with her work she's very familiar with mine we would we would like elated to be put together and um I've been chuckling my way through um looking at all of the roughs and all the rest of it and you know I, I and my wonderful editor on that book as well I mean we just had a lot of fun along the way but there's a lot of people so it, it just depends um in other cases I've thought I'd really love to work with that person so I've asked you know can I work with that person and that's maybe come about or it hasn't with my Chris Chatterton um I've just started working with him obviously with the Worrysaurus and we're doing lots more books together as well that was an interesting one because he already had a character so he had a character that he really wanted to see in a story that the worry source and I saw a sketch and I think he was called something else at that stage. He might've been called, um, like, I think he had a little sketch of him and it said Arthur above it or something. And it, so it had a different name, but I saw that little sketch of the dinosaur and immediately, you know, the idea started coming. So that was a, that was kind of, um, uh, you know, brought about by that. So there was kind of like a mini brief with that one, but that doesn't always happen either. So, yeah, it's like, again, long answer. Sorry, I'm really, I'm, no. you can tell me to stop at any point. I'm, 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 a, I'm a word person, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because it's different every time. But to anyone who's written a story, a lot of people have this misperception that you have to find an illustrator to then visualize it before you show anyone. That is absolutely not the case. Agents love to see raw text. Publishers love to see raw text because they love to visualize where that text may go so that is a big stumbling block i think for some people who would love to see their work in print they're like oh man i've got to find someone to illustrate it otherwise they won't get it but that is how you know picture book pe people's minds are wired up they can read a story and imme uh, immediately visualize oh that would be amazing this person or that person mm -hmm. so so yeah hopefully if anyone's listening to this that kind of loves the idea of doing their own thing um but maybe their drawing's not your thing then that's fine you know just really focus on getting your words you know amazing and how you want them to be and then show people <laughs> and see where that takes you because yeah that, that if it's going to happen then someone will find the right person for you yeah, yeah that's some good advice for for, for the kind of want to be what authors out there sure
I think we've all got a, got a book in us, haven't we? That's yeah. what they say. Everyone does. Yeah. I think they do. Uh, I, not not a picture, but I have been kind of trying to write for for years. <laughs> I think I've got about a chapter yeah, I... done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a lot further than some, so, yeah, so you know. So, uh, so I'll, I'll keep plugging away, and maybe maybe by a few years' time, we'll have this chapter two done at some point. We'll see. Absolutely. Well, like I said, you know, twenty years to become an overnight sensation. Yeah. We'll be talking about this in the decade. You'll be going, yeah, I'm on my third novel. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, another thing that I want to bring up is um, you recently announced a, like, a new project you were doing, um, hashtag book with breakfast. Do you want to tell us yeah. a bit more about that? And what's yeah, so this is quite exciting. And um, without giving you chapter and verses, I normally do. Um, one of my other hats um, and one of my other passions is... Um, kind of the space of, of, of health and well-being, for want of a better word. I'm currently setting up a very exciting new project, which is a, a holistic well-being retreat here where, where I live and work um, with my partner and um, called Happy River. And we will be looking at all the facets of health. So that's, you know, um, physical health, mental health, soul health, you know, how those things interact to, to um, help everyone on this you know on this journey to thrive rather than just survive you know and we, we all have our own challenges whatever those might be but we're our goal is to create a space for people to come and kind of press pause on their life so that they may be able to get perspective on um, changes you can make you know so this is where my passion for kind of the health and, and kind of nutrition and food angle came from because that's where I spend almost half of my time now um is kind of learning about that working on that and um and so i'm i've been a big follower of dr rupees at, at doctor's kitchen um for a while and um, because i heard him interviewed and i loved what he had to say about um you know his main message of course is is you know sort of uh nutritional medicine or food as medicine um because he's he's a he's a um a, a general practitioner you know certified general practitioner but also emergency room um, he works in the emergency room, but he has all these other facets to what he does. And he is really passionate about how um, your food choices can really change your life, you know. And, 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 you know, you can eat to beat illness is what his book strap line is, you know, um, at the doctor's kitchen. And so we just um, basically I, I work with this amazing um, lady, Amber, who helps me with some of my kind of social stuff, which I'm just kind of getting into also in lockdown, it's given me the opportunity to kind of do more of that. And I don't know, just give more through those channels because it was new to me. I live in the middle of a forest with, you know, little kind of digital kind of uh, connectivity. So it presented its own challenges and I had kind of like just put it to one side for a while, but I thought this is an opportunity to really embrace it, you know? So I, so I started to do that with her and she said, look, let's just, um, let's just approach him and see if he's up for doing a project because I came up with this idea that, you know, I'm a big one for morning routines. And I think that the way you start your day can really affect how the rest of your day slash life um, goes, you know, we're all the, we're all the, um, the culmination of all the tiny little decisions we make, you know, our now is here because of the tiny little decisions we made every single day, you know, and that's in all the different facets of your life, whether it's what you're eating, you know, the relationships you're having, how, what you're working on, you know, what lights you up, what doesn't. And so I, I really think that when there's so much information out there and it can be overwhelming that a good place to start is the start of your day, you know, um, and that's a really simple kind of actionable thing that you can do easily, you know, whatever age you're at. And I really like the idea of introducing this idea at a really young age, you know, that 
actually it does matter like what you decide to do of the morning and how you decide to do it and if, even if it's something as simple as making your bed or whatever it is you know kind of instilling that idea like from a young age is a really nice thing and of course one of the things we do three times a day and especially in the morning is like breakfast, you know, it's breakfast. and um so i love the idea that we could bring together kind of food for the body and food for the mind at the same time and you know that also brings in the consideration that's not just what you put in your body physically like what you're eating but also what you're putting in your mind so if you're you know um i don't know you know you've gone out the wrong side of bed and it's all a bit hectic in the house or whatever and you know you're shoving a slice of toast down your mouth before you rush out then your day's probably going to go differently to if you're you know having a constructive conversation reading a beautiful story eating a bowl of fruit whatever it really makes a difference i have a strong believer in that and so i wanted to create a kind of idea with um, Dr. Rupi to do this. And he was really amazing. He was like, I love this idea. You know, I've wanted to work in the family space for a while and kind of bring in the idea of nutrition for kind of families and kids and how to integrate that. So we just kind of hatched the plan together and it's been really good fun. So the idea, the basic idea is, you know, um, an inspiring recipe from him and and a book recommendation from me and try and bring those two things together maybe on the weekend when you've got a bit more time because I know what family life is like I'm I'm in it (laughs) it's very busy you know not necessarily do you have the time to sit down and read a book at breakfast but I like the idea that I mean I I read them every Friday on my Instagram life um so that if you don't have time you know you can set up um your little ones with the recording um and they can see someone who wrote the book and whatever and you know they can sit down with the breakfast and kind of just see how that might like you know, open a conversation um, about something really positive for the day, a theme for the day, whatever, or just, you know, really enjoy some time together as a family doing that. And books are often traditionally picture books are at bedtime kind of thing, um, which is also wonderful. Um, But I like the idea that stories can be like we talked about for any moment in time and you can reach for something on your bookshelf that may potentially just slightly change by one degree or two degrees the trajectory of where you're going you know and it's those tiny little incremental changes that add up to the big things in life and so yeah i uh, i i'm super excited about this I, I we've got another four or five weeks to run with um dr rp we've got an amazing giveaway actually he's he's donated a signed copy of his book i'm donating a signed copy of mine and all the other authors and illustrators involved have all agreed to put a book in so that's kind of growing and yeah i just hope that cressida how is the children's laureate she's this next week's feature um and she's been really supportive too so there's lots of really exciting things happening with it and i I hope it carries on um well beyond the end of our 10 weeks in some shape or form but i'm just enjoying the new unfolding of it and there's lots of families who've got in touch to say they've enjoyed it and it's a kind of new idea so so yeah watch this space (laughs) it's a lovely idea and 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 it's great to kind of give parents that kind of inspiration of of, of having, having kind of the, the time to kind of sit down and, <clears throat> and enjoy a, a, something as simple as breakfast with their children and also can enjoy a book and things like that as well with them yeah. as well because sometimes life does kind of just get in the way and, and you kind of you, you can kind of sometimes forget the importance of these of these really simple things and little moments yeah and kind of yeah. get out the door to get to nursery maybe not in the last few months but but yeah (laughs) well that's why we thought this period in time might be a great time to consider it because uh, a lot of our schedules have completely changed and I know that some 
things, um, you know, in terms of a day to day have changed to which have had more positive changes, more time together as a family and things like that. Um, so it may be a time when you can kind of maybe instill a few like just new habits or like ideas that may or may not live on beyond, you know, this time. Cause I, you know, I know, I know what it's like, but I do find, they say it takes seven days to make a habit or break a habit. So you don't need long to kind of bring a new thing in and just see if it works for you, you know, and it, it may be snack, uh, snack story time with a snack, you know, it doesn't have to be breakfast, you know, really it's a kind of an inspiration point for just like, bringing more stories and more mindful, I suppose, mindful choices of what you're putting into your body, both mind, um, you know, body and soul really. And that was a kind of fairly new concept to me like eight or nine years ago. Now I, I live it, I breathe it. I tell everyone I can about it because I found it so empowering in our own lives. And um, I, I am a fairly evangelical about the idea that if you, you know, you you can be the author of your own life, you know, and um, not just your own books, but your own life. And, and those little things, if you understand them, you know, I wish I'd understood it several decades ago. So I hope that's a gift I can give to my children to, to let them feel like that. I, I don't know if you've ever, do you know the picture book, uh, Harold and the Purple Crown? Very famous. It's a uh, Crockett Johnson, but it's wonderful. Look it out. And um, basically Harold has this purple crown and he, he, he draws his reality as he goes, you know, it's the most profound book, but it's a, you know, it's a kid's picture book. And I just, yeah, it sums up a lot of what I'm trying to verbalize or articulate, you know, it's, um, you know, the, the, the purple crown is in, is in our hands. <laughs> That's good. That's fantastic. Uh, the, the next thing I was wanting to mention, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier on, um, was one of your other kind of sets that you've been doing uh, or kind of started doing um, with the, the Worry Taurus. Sure. Um, again, another fantastic kind of message in that book. Um, it's a lovely story. and And um, I, I was wondering... Uh, about kind of the, the decision to use a dinosaur in, in the book and whether there was any kind of reasoning behind picking dinosaurs for it because it's a lovely yeah. kind of illustration and it's a kind of, kind of take on a thing and um and again if, if there's any kind of future in that um collaboration as well which you kind of touched on a little bit earlier on so yeah what can I add to that yeah so um so i was mentioning that that story in particular came from a little sketch that um chris chatterton had done and um Interestingly, both Jim and Chris have come from a kind of animation, slightly animation background as well. So they're masters in kind of, um, I don't know, three-dimensionalizing things, even in two dimensions and kind of, you know, bringing things to life in, in that way. And um, I, I really felt that when I saw his character sketch and I, I immediately could feel what that character was feeling. And that, that, that connection made me feel like I could write, write for that character, you know. And so the Worrysaurus... Um, came about through that because also and it's funny because of course back then because this was written and illustrated you know at least a year and a half ago so we had no idea that you know there would be a pandemic <laughs> um, all of these things happening that potentially you know really anxiety inducing for everyone um, and uh, for small people who, who don't have the full kind of um, more well-rounded perspective that we privy to as grown-ups you know even more so it's just kind of everything changes why has everything changed you know and so but at the time we had talked about like how um you know anxiety and worry is is quite pervasive in in today's society um more so i think it's just we're all going at a very fast pace all the time and 
you know that's whether you're little or big really because we're all in it together you know and the world has kind of speeded up um and there's just so many um uh sort of vies for our attention you know even as a little one you could be doing your you know on your ipad or you could be reading a book or you could be you know your parents are busy that there's kind of no off switch and so i think that is one of the reasons why you know that anxiety and worry is is, is magnified at the moment and at this moment in history so that was kind of one reason why we wanted to write about that subject matter but also i am again through my journey of learning about physical health mental health well-being and what this really means you know and our kind of what I think is our natural birthright to kind of thrive rather than survive. I, I love any opportunity to kind of explore that. And I've read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, you know, as, uh, and this is kind of the worry source is almost The Power of Now for kids because it's like, you know, it's about how we often worry, worry often stems from something that either hasn't happened yet, but we're kind of projecting into the future or something that's already happened that we have no control over changing. So, you know, um, those two things leave you in this kind of, you know, perpetual loop. And so what is the way to break that perpetual loop? And there is a very simple way that's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy, which is to bring yourself back into the present moment. And actually kids do live in the present moment really well compared to grown-ups. And so, but because they're living in a world of grown-ups, they, I think, you know, can get sucked into that energy of anxiety and worry and there are things that kids have to you know huge bridges they have to cross like starting school you know these huge changes in your life that you're like and they just come like bam you know it's like as a kid you're not expecting them and then they come and even so having the conversation of being able to kind of help them prepare for these big transitions which are inevitable in human life they're just part of the, our existence you know and but being able to talk about it I think is one of the big gifts of, again of this time that we live in because a lot of these things maybe weren't talked about so much and so yeah the worrysaurus was that um opportunity to kind of talk about that and basically the worrysaurus he's kind of you know he's worrying about a picnic that he's 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 well he's excited he's going on this picnic he's in the moment everything's going well but then an external kind of idea comes into his world which is the lizard skidding and saying there's going to be a storm and um he, he sort of can't help but take this on board you know the idea is in there i've thunk it i can't unthunk it you know <laughs> and so his, his spirals into the idea of what's going to happen if this storm comes and so he can't enjoy where he is because he's worrying about where he might be and um and so he finds a way of um, letting that worry butterfly inside him free by just kind of bringing himself back to the moment and everyone will have a different technique for that but I I tried to think of a way that would be kind of like nice for kids so he has a happy tin and it's got some nice things in it that basically bring him back into that kind of vibration and that feeling and um, and then he can enjoy the butterflies on the outside rather than on the inside and it was just a joy to write and as with all things you know that wasn't a love monster it didn't come like bam, 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 that's it, it's done. Like I really crafted that and worked on it. And but I always had the last line. I find the last line, line slash lines come to me really quickly. And I know where I'm going. And I think if you know where you're going, you can find your way. Yeah. Um, if I try and start a story and I don't really know where I'm headed, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. You know, there's like, there's that's the screwed up paper in the bin scenario. And I've done that too. You know, I've tried to be like, I want to, I'm going to shoe on this idea into the, the whatever, you know, and you're like, no, 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 let's back up here. Like, what am I trying to say? You know, 
And that character and that idea basically gave me a really clear thing that I wanted to talk about in that story. So, but yeah, me and Chris are, and because that one has, has hopefully helped lots of people, we've had some lovely messages about, especially right now in this moment in time, how it's a really important conversation. Um, and so we're doing, there's a new one coming out next year called The Hugosaurus, but we're basically exploring emotions. That's, that's our journey together is to explore um, different emotions that you feel and how you might kind of navigate that and find ways that would help you through those emotions. Cause it's, it's absolutely good to feel those emotions. They're not emotions you want to push away, but it's finding a good way through them and out the other side that I think is our kind of mission with these books. So yeah, we've got a few more planned together. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a, a... I, I love the worry source as well, and and I, I love the idea of the kind of worry box type thing, and and, and yeah. having kind of those kind of little special things to try and kind of just take you back to kind of like present and and remember the kind of good things that are kind of in your life and things like that yeah. sort of stuff. And I think it's, it's something that it's a it's, it's a simple idea that that I'm pretty sure a lot of parents could probably actually implement with with their kids to help with any kind of yeah. anxieties and worries and things like that sort of stuff. And it's a fun activity. It is. Yeah. We I did it with my little one and um interestingly that idea was actually slightly triggered by um, my own daughter coming in I was kind of uh, I'm only really at my desk a couple of days a week sort of formally at the, now because I, I'm a mum the rest of the time you know and I do, uh, also do the wellness retreat and stuff but um she came in one time I think she was about four and she said this is for you mummy and it was a tin that she'd found and I opened it up and there was like a leaf in there and a little stone and a little piece of like sea glass that she found and someone all these little things um and she said, you can look in there and think of me, like if you're missing me, like whilst you're working. And I was like, oh my God, like obviously I was crying, but because <laughs> that's like the sweetest thing ever. But, you know, I did, again, I didn't think about it consciously at the time, but now when I look back, I think that's where the idea for the habiting came from because it was like, wow, I'm kind of lost in this. I'm in my head, you know, when I'm working, I'm like in my head and then in comes my beautiful daughter and she brings me right back to that moment. And I'm like, you know, how amazing is that? You know, so <laughs> she's teaching me. Yeah, so. <laughs> that, that, is, that is a lovely moment to remember. For, for yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got the tin on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And um, that kind of sort of sort of nicely kind of slides into my, my next thing about uh, as a parent myself, I actually quite enjoy reading your books as well uh, as much as as reading them to Harris. I actually really enjoy reading picture books in general and and, it, and I do actually think adults should read more picture books because some of the best books out there are picture books and and I was wondering if, if it is something that you um, do kind of think about a little bit whenever you are writing your stories about kind of the, the sort of adults enjoying them as, as well as children is, is do you Definitely. Have, I think about their kind of your sort of readership in terms of like is this one going to appeal to adults or yeah or, or just kids or like I think you know, I once read a quote um, by Maurice Sendak, who's one of my great heroes in terms of like, I, I, his illustrations really inspired me um, in my early sort of printmaking journey. But I read a quote from him once and it said, uh, obviously he's the author of Where the Wild Things Are and several other books, but um, he said, I write stories and then somebody tells me they're for children. Yeah. And that really, really resonated with me because I mean, certainly I had a special interest in it but before I ever became a parent I had shelves and shelves of picture books you know because I would read them and I would be profoundly moved by something in that book and I, I honestly you know it's a privilege to write in a space with, with picture books where 
you get this lovely um, opportunity to write for, you know, a grown up and a child at the same time, because quite often they are shared, you know, a picture book is, of course, you know, it, when they get slightly older, they can start sort of reading themselves or even just look at the pictures and then once they've heard the story, but really that, that kind of core, core thing for a picture book is is to sit on a lap or you know um and and have a story read to you you know and that is really a special thing so i'm i don't do it i suppose consciously but um but i very much write for everyone and i would hope that whether you're two or 102 you could take something away from it and you know again some of my most wonderful moments have been when i've had emails from either a parent saying this has really helped helped us because you know both of us because we've been we just moved house and you know we're away from our grandparents and we sat down and read this book and like you know i cry when i read it and my but my little one always gets it off the shelf because both things have to happen you know ultimately a book lives and dies in the house whether it gets pulled off the shelf and uh, you know some do some don't and if you're child that is not enjoying it they're not going to go and get it again you know so that even if you want to read it as a as, as a parent or caregiver or whatever you know you you're not going to get the chance if they're not enjoying it so it's like a double compliment to hear that you know there might be kind of mums and dads and, and grandparents and teachers kind of curled up with these children and they are finding something in the story for them as well as that child enjoying it. i mean that's my ultimate goal really um it's it's which is why I like the big idea in a small package thing, because I think we're all, you know, often there's so much kind of separation put upon us. You know, you're in this box, you're in that box, you're young, you're old, you get to do this, you get to do that. You know, but there are so many things that we all share and, and, you know, those are the things that bring us together. So if you're brought even closer together in that moment of sharing a picture book, then wow something wonderful has just happened you know and um and if it can su survive lots of readings as well because i know from a mum's point of view that if you've got to read something a hundred times then you yeah, <laughs> you want to be enjoying it that's for sure <laughs> definitely fantastic um I, I think um that's kind of almost pretty much to the end of everything i was going to ask you about i was going to kind of just really end on a kind of so what, what does the future hold for, for Love Monster and your other pro projects and you in general a little bit? I know you kind of yeah. mentioned a few things throughout the podcast, but is, is there anything you want to kind of, kind of yeah, um, for the future for, for the various things that you're involved in? Yeah, lots of exciting things to come. And um, on the book front, it's going to be a very busy kind of 12 months from here because just the way that kind of stars have aligned and books have been finished and some things have been delayed, some things have been brought forward, but by everything that's happening, I've actually got eight or nine books, I think, publishing between now and the middle of next year, which is like, well, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, that's never happened to me before. So that's really nice. So there's a new one from Jim coming out early next year, Jim and I, um, The World He Wanted More. And then there's the next one with Chris Chatterton, which is called The Hugastaurus. Um, there's Slug in Love, which is my new project with Nadia Shireen. And um, there's also a new Love Monster book, which I'm currently working on. In fact, that's what I'll be jumping on straight after this uh, this call. Um, he's uh, he's going on another adventure, which he which is really nice because I haven't hung out with Love Monster in a book format for for a couple of years, you know. So he's HarperCollins amazingly commissioned him for another book to sort of coincide with the series coming out and everything. So 
so yeah we're love monster and i have been going surfing that's the, the little inkling into what we're going to be doing in the next book um and yeah that's coming out next year as well um so yeah and there's some new things which are yet to be announced also very exciting kind of new territory for me um so that's good and love monster kind of ongoing there's some new episodes landing at the end of this year because there's 54 altogether and we just started work on the next season which is really great as well i mean that's you never know whether that's going to happen so that's kind of really exciting um and yeah i kind of in the meantime i really hope that i i really want to work more with the book with breakfast and some of the kind of ideas of bringing the world of kind of health books food all these kind of kind of what feel like separate worlds but actually aren't really that separate because it's all stories of life kind of together and that will coincide with happy river our well-being retreat opening which is officially opening in january next year now so and we've got full um printmaking space here because obviously i'm a printmaker so as part of the retreat we built um an art studio because i'm a big believer that doing something creative can also bring a lot of um health and well-being you know through it kind of opens a channel and some people have had the opportunity to explore that and some people haven't so that will form a big part of what we're doing here and there'll also be several artists who come and work in that space and, and kind of share it and so yeah there'll be some exciting stuff coming out of out of here um and hopefully you know our website isn't live yet but the happy river website will be live soon and you can you can check all these things out on my i, I you know I'm, I'm a bit more on instagram now and all those things so instagram and twitter and uh facebook and stuff so i'll be sharing all of that stuff as it as it unfolds basically so yeah Really exciting year ahead. It's a, a, a fantastic year and, and a very busy year, but it sounds like as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, in between that, I'm going to enjoy lots of time with my little girls because they do grow up, <laughs> they do grow rather fast. I can't believe quite how, uh, I mean, we, we've obviously all been homeschooling during this time. Um, how old is your little boy, Harris? He's, he's, uh, he's three and a half, or just he's three and a half. half. So he's not quite school age yet, but, um, but I'm sure you've been, you know, spending lots of time together doing all kinds of things. and. Um, I was actually a homeschooler already, so um, so we do that like in between everything else we do. But um, so it was kind of less of a trend, like leap for me. But it but it's always evolving as they grow and they change and they kind of have different interests and needs. So so yeah, that's obviously going to form a really big part of my time next year because River's a voracious reader. Um, she's almost six, and um, so I want to give her as much um, opportunity to kind of you know explore that as we can we're reading matilda at the moment who of course learned to read at four and uh, quite an inspiration for uh we've read the whole world our series but she's really into kind of chapter books and stuff now so that's really nice for me because i'm kind of like in a whole new world of books so yeah any recommendations let me know <laughs> <laughs> fantastic um, great to talk to you chris it has been fantastic to talk to you. thank you very much for taking a little bit of time out of that very busy schedule to, to no um, problem for a little bit of time um I, i'm sure our listeners will have loved hearing about your your, um, your experiences so far and, and during your picture book writing career and and um and it's been fantastic for me personally to kind of really get a chat with you as well um i have kind of dropped into your instagram live um sessions every so often whenever i've got a chance and it's, it's great to kind of hear you reading both your own stories and and others and things like that as well whenever whenever i get a chance so if any of our listeners do kind of all use instagram well, i would recommend kind of catching rachel on there as well and, and try and catch some of those sessions when she does them too but um, but yeah, so a big thank you um from from us for dropping into this um and um all the best with your future projects, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to speak to you, Chris. <laughs>
Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you for listening, and a big, massive thank you to Rachel for doing that episode and that interview. It was a really great insight into how she works and the inspiration behind her stories. Some lovely little stories in there about kind of personal touches as well, which I really, really enjoyed, and I hope you did it as well. If you haven't checked out Rachel's books so far, you really do have to have a look at them. Um, I really highly recommend The Lion Inside, The Worrysaurus, and um, Love Monster is obviously the, the kind of big one, being a new, new TV show and things like that sort of stuff for the little ones. So uh, they are fantastic to look at. Um, other ones, um, Way Home for Wolf, um, The Koala Who Could, and The Squirrels Who Squabbled, all by Rachel and Jim Field are fantastic books too, so do check them out. Uh, Love Monster is available on Borrowbox, so you can check that out on Borrowbox as well. And it was just a great episode for me to personally to do. I really enjoyed chatting with Rachel and I hope you enjoyed listening. We do have some more fantastic news we can confirm for you. We have been waiting a long time for this, but I can confirm that we are reopening a couple of our libraries. We are reopening Cumbernauld Library and Coatbridge Library on Monday the 31st of August. There will be different opening hours um, for them at the moment and it will be Monday to Friday, 10am to 4pm and there will be also various kind of restrictions and things like that in place. For instance, two metres social distancing, you must wear a face mask, it is now mandatory to wear one within the library building and there will be kind of hand sanitising units and things like that in place. All the information on what you need to know is on our website at culturenl.co.uk slash covid-19-librariesnl. So you can have a look there and see all the information you need. We will hopefully have more further reopening dates coming soon. So do check that out. But we are very excited to be able to confirm that for you and get that information out there. That's the end of this episode, guys. I hope you have enjoyed it and the podcast will be back very soon with another episode do feel free to get in touch using hashtag flb podcast or by emailing us at librarypodcast at culturenl.co.uk and leaving any feedback on the episode but that's all for now guys i hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you again soon bye